Professor, I developed a machine that should allow your telepathic abilities to communicate with mutants from all over the world, like... Josh Karam. And Aaron Thompson. They call it the Dungeons and Gatherers Podcast. X-Men so much. X-Men are great. Really, really yeah, great franchise. But we're not talking about Professor Xavier's school today, Josh. We are not. We're talking about Strixhaven. Strixhaven? A-, a college for gifted wizards? I'm really excited to talk about Strixhaven. You know, it's all our dreams. You know, people are like, oh man, I want to be in the X-Men school or like Harry Potter, but that's high school. This is college. We could join Strixhaven. <laughs> oh yeah, this is college. Anytime we want. We could be however old we want to be accepted to Strixhaven. Oh, I never thought about that. I know, right? Our dreams don't have to end. You can never say that like your Strixhaven letter got lost. You just haven't, you know, you haven't seen you it haven't yet. You haven't gotten it yet. No. Now, many people may be wondering, what is Strixhaven? It's the new Magic the Gathering set, but we should probably explain the beginning lore behind it. Yeah, so Strixhaven takes place on a never-before-seen plane um, called Arcavios. It's the result of a cataclysm from two opposing planes that, like, smushed together. And so all throughout the geography, you have, like, all of these things called snarls, which are areas of raw magic that, like, bump against each other in, like, opposing elements. So you've got, like, forests and oceans that sort of live on top of each other. Oh, there's one that's, like, um, fire and ice combined. So they talk about getting, like, burned to death by cold flames or whatever. (sighs) It's It's really neat. Also, you must be in love with this as well because this is big color wheel stuff. The thing I love most about it um, is that each of... So there's five schools in Strixhaven, which we'll totally get into. And each of them is a combination of two colors on the color wheel, right? And they're opposing colors. So it's not colors that are right next door, right? It's whenever you go across yes. something, a color that that they have like a debate about something. And I think that that's really interesting and very cool. Oh, definitely. And it's cool. Um, We'll talk about it later, but there's modal face cards like in earlier sets where it means mm-hmm. it's one card on one side and one on the other. And they're deans, so heads of colleges, and they're very. It's always an antithesis, but they work in the same school, mm-hmm. which is really awesome. And they work together. It's so neat. So, are you are we ready to dive in? Yeah. Welcome to the school. We'll say the schools first, and then people are probably wondering, well, what college are you in? And that's that's the that's those oh, are the new Buzzfeed yeah. quizzes. Let's describe Come. the schools, and then we'll do. Yeah, we'll do our our great reveal at the end. Great. All right. So we got five different schools here. Well, we're first going to do Lorehold, which is the combination of red and white. So this is your history nuts. Yeah, and above that too, they're um they talk about being like war poets and literally having history come off the pages yes. through magic, right, to do their fights. That Lorehold apprentice. Yeah, and they're also archaeologists. So their main thing is that they make they commune with spirits a lot. A lot of their creatures in this set are spirits and so they literally bring the past to life and have it fight for them which i think is super cool their campus is literally just like a dig site yeah and the split for me in my mind is like you have the adventurous like go out and get it like explore the hidden tomb of red right that's like super extroverted and go get them and then you have like the very orderly methodical like white that's like we'll organize it all we'll catalog history so the combination is just like Super, super excavators. Totally. 
And then people might be like, ah, fossils, that's boring. Well, there's an exciting, uh, maybe more uh, flashy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We have to, we have to acknowledge that each school of um, Strixhaven was founded by a powerful elder dragon. That is a really good point. Where each school get it, gets its name from. That's one of the most exciting so, parts of it, yeah. Yeah. That's the whole, like, foundation of the school was, like, the elder dragons were, like, this is the biggest consortium of knowledge that the multiverse has ever seen. Yes. In fact, they have records in their big dome of every spell that's ever been cast. Which will be something we have to talk about. Don't you worry. We're gonna... <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, but just for the name quickly, Velomachus Lorehold was the one who... The elder dragon who created the Lorehold school. How about a more fun dragon, though? I don't, I don't want to call our Lorehold dragon a little <laughs> boring, but there's... There's some more artsy dragons out there. And nothing is more artsy than the Prismari. Definitely not. Uh, Galazeth Prismari was the one who um, came to this school, or created this school, I should say. And this Mm -hmm. is your theater kids. This is your art kids. This is the idea of your expression of magic as an art style. Yeah, definitely. Everything is a performance. You've got aerialists and sculptors and, like, painters and all sorts of, like crazy extroverted super out there these are like the sorcerers right these are like our our charisma classes because everything is just like feeling sort of on the red side everything is feeling totally and i think for people who don't know magic it's probably easier to see like red and blue which is most commonly represented with fire and water right so like then blue it takes a very intellectual approach to art and so it's all of like the the concepts of art and trying to truly perfect those and so their expression is more about like the the intellectual pursuit of it yes it's very it's very avant-garde shall we say no doubt about it i mean the two deans of this school are the dean of perfection and the dean of expression i wish i liked the prismari more um It's just their card mechanics don't work for what I like to do. We'll talk about that mechanic in a bit. Let's move on to a school that I know for a fact that Aaron has always been a fan of the color scheme for. This is the green-blue school, which is the Quandric Mm. school. Ah! Sorry, they're so cool. I was waiting for- The Quandric school is by far my favorite. They are mathemagicians, if you will. Yes! Um- Literally, they're all about looking at um, symmetry is a big thing for them. Their creatures are fractals. So it's all about like the Fibonacci sequence and stuff, like finding all of those naturally occurring like mathematical sequences and patterns and using magic to sort of like bring those out. And so they do a lot of spells that duplicate things in size or there's a lot of math that happens in this set overall, right? There's a lot of like multiply it or, you know... you don't divide by anything, but <laughs> luckily, because, oh, God. That would be something. But there's a lot of multiplication. You know, you have your classic addition because it's a game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on all of the cards look so beautiful because they're all so symmetrical. I was about to say, yeah. that's definitely a big part about it, that whoever did the card arc for each Quandrix card, whichever artist it was, it's all very, you see the shapes and everything, the symmetry and everything. Even mm-hmm. Tanazir Quandrix, the dragon, is a very mathematical-shaped dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the wings are very, like, angled and very symmetrical. It's beautiful. Yeah, the deans of this school are the dean of substance and the dean of theory. And and again, so substance is the green thing, right? Looking at, like, nature and, like, how things are. And then theory is the blue part of looking at how things could be, yeah. right? Which is our classic. If you look back at the color wheel, the whole—this is also called Simic. 
Um, it's the Ravnica Guild mm. that's blue and green. I'm sure everybody at home has heard me talk about it a few I times. I think we also talk uh, about how it's like the best commander combination, so plenty oh, of time. Oh, for sure, yeah. They say that the goal of Simic is to look at what occurs in nature and think about how you can make it better through ingenuity. Yes. The ingenuity of these decks, the way that they play with lands, you just have so much mana to cast. It's amazing. And mm-hmm. Your spells get bigger, and the bigger your spells are, the bigger your creatures are. Yes. Uh. A little side tangent. I love how this set is really about, like, their students come to Strixhaven, and a lot of the big power spells are things with X, which means you could put as many or as much mana as you want into the spell. So it's like the mm-hmm. unlimited potential of students is big in, like, the power oh, cards. Oh, that's cute. So I really like that a lot. Now, knowledge rules. Knowledge rules, but we're going to get a little dark. This, this is the uh, the goth biomajors, if you will, as it was described in uh, Magic. <laughs> is that a thing, goth biomajors? That's what they were saying in Magic the Gathering. I mean, you know, Lady Danger, uh, Mr. Infect for Magic Personalities oh, are all fair. fans of this school. And this one was formed by Belladros Witherbloom, who's my favorite dragon. Just have to say, I love mm. the mechanics of this dragon. Put that out there. And this is the combination of green and black, your Golgari mix. Now, people who know Josh will be like, but Josh, I thought you hate the Golgari. Well, I love Witherbloom now, so I have to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take it all back. Apologize to the Crawl Harpooner. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Crawl Harpooner. You're not just a garbage yeah. insect. That... Thank you. Yes, but the two deans of this school are the Dean of the Root and the Dean of the Vein, which I just love that contrast. It's a little bit creepy. The thing about Witherbloom is a lot of their cards deal with creating pests, so they're all about like, um, like alchemy and sort of like medicine, but in like a like a cool, edgy, dark way that involves a lot of sacrifice. Yes. So they're all about giving and taking life, right? And big life death. Yeah, it's about. And I think if you remember in from the color wheel, the the similarity between green and black is called profanity, which is just like nothing is sacred, right? So even life can just be a tool you know, to some of these druids. Definitely. Which I think is super cool. Yeah. I do also want to bring up, I think Belladros Witherbloom has one of the best pieces of wisdom in the Magic the Gathering lore where she says, the best way to honor the dead is how you treat the living. So I just love Belladros. Tells Professor Onyx that, funny enough. But who's that? (laughs) Cool. Who? Who? Sorry, she is an alum from the Witherbloom school, so I felt it was only necessary to mention her mm-hmm. to the final school the coolest kids in school the sharpest dressed battle poetry is what oh, they use they use their words gorgeous. in combat because they know that words can tear you down and they, this so fast this school does it this, this school does it and they are the bullies but they're also the popular people who are usually the bullies so it really makes sense this is the silver quill school and i think anyone who does mm-hmm. no magic they look at these cards it's obvious you see it it's these sharply dressed white and black sophisticated gorgeous students and this was formed by the shadrick yeah. silver quill it's important to note that like they're not all just bullies but they all understand the power that words have and so people that are more white aligned within the silver quill school will use their words to bolster their allies mm. you know and like empower people like that versus like the more black aligned side they can sharpen their words to a razor edge and then use it to like slice through their competition yeah definitely and uh, white and black is probably a pretty clear um, difference. Uh, this uh, clear antithesis, and this is between the Dean of Radiance and the Dean of Shadows, so light and dark, basically. <laughs> Classic. They didn't make it subtle for this one, but it's just like when we were talking about with the Orzhov, it's that in-crowd, out-crowd, yes. right? Like, 
they as a pod of Silverquill people are like very you know with it for each other i'm sure they support each other just fine totally but <laughs> anybody outside of their circles forget about it no definitely so i think we should probably say it i got my acceptance letter to the silver quill school what you bully Hopefully i'm not a bully what happened to you how did that happen i think it's just that i love to talk is probably oh. where it came from <laughs> You were just born for the stage. Born for the stage. But not as much as born for the stage as you are, Aaron, because what school did you get? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I'm um I'm in the Prismari school because I'm extra. Yeah. <laughs> Ta-da. I was gonna say a great artist, but sure, extra is bubble. Oh, use thank there. you. Now we're gonna we're gonna make it extra now. You you've already said it. But that's good. also extra. Yeah. Honestly, it was the one question on the quiz that's like, you find a spider on your arm, what do you do? And I was like, obviously scream. But then in parentheses afterwards it says, I haven't had my scream yet today. And I was like, Alright, guys. It's so funny. I really love the the quiz. Uh go on magicthegathering.com. There's a quick seven question quiz for what school you're in. It's really fun to take. It's easy. I have a small critique for this quiz and that it's one of those classic like you know from the get go what school you're answering for. That's true. Like every question is like do you like fire? And like, we all like, you can eliminate so many options there. Yeah. It's like, what do you want to do? Get your hands dirty and go to an experimental lab. It's like, okay, with right. All right. Calm down. Right. Or it's one of those, it's like, how would you spend a vacation? And it's like researching creatures at the bottom of the sea. I'm like, that is not a vacation. <laughs> like, I go to school. Honestly. It's like, I love knowledge. I love quandrix, but I wouldn't do reading it. Reading through the list. Only like two of them were actually vacations. The rest yeah, seemed like exactly. work. <laughs> oh, God. And there was one that was, like, such a convoluted answer of, like, what do you want to get out of your education at Strixhaven? And it was, like, be an administer to the assistant of a proper senator in an office of law. And I was, like, holy like, shit. Nerd. Nerd school. <laughs> Loser. That's why we're in the cool schools. We're in Prismari and Silverquill. Yeah. They're we're epic. like We're, like, popular and fun. Now, I do have to say, I'm talking about Silverquill. I just want to talk a little bit about card stuff in here because... Just a little. This is your little grit moment. So I think that this is the commander set. Uh, every year now Magic does a set that's more uh, towards the 100-card format rather than the 60-card format. I find that Silver Quill School has the biggest divide between cards that should only be in Standard and cards that should only be in Commander. Oh, interesting. So you have cards like the Silver Quill Silencer. So you pick a non-land card that opponent has, and then whenever it casts that spell, they lose three life and you draw a card. So if you're playing Commander mm -hmm. and you can only have one of each card, that card's just useless. Yeah, I got there's a blue counter spell in this too that does the same thing. It takes every version of that card that a player has in their library and it eliminates it from the game yeah. when you counter the this spell. And that's only good in the standard format when you can have multiples of cards. Exactly. But in commander you can only have one of each. So like what why? So I guess like in this set I was assuming like, you know, of course, it's okay if there's some standard cards because people play standard, but mostly commander because you got a lot of commander-based cards. Two of the Elder Dragons especially, Shadrach, Silverquill, and Belladros Witherbloom. I play Witherbloom a lot. Just going to do this quick. You gain a pest token every player's upkeep. So if you're playing with only two people in standard, or you and another person in standard, it's like, okay. But if you're playing with four people, you just get more value out of the card. Right, because there are multiple upkeeps that happen besides yours and your opponents. You also have, like, your other two opponents to do that, too. Exactly. Now, 
white because I'm talking my school here. I'm talking my colors. Silver Quill school. <laughs> We're repping. Repping Silver Quill here. There's a lot of the white cards, and Shadrick Silver Quill help another opponent out. So this card, because I find Silver Quill is like using your words. You can manipulate people too. A big part mm -hmm. about magic with multiple people is the politics of the game to try to convince certain people to help you. <laughs> table talk. You mean table, table talk. Table talk. Sorry, table talk. And these cards, like where it's like, oh, I and one other opponent, like in Secret Rendezvous, can draw three cards. So I could look around mm -hmm. the table and be like, all right, if I help you draw three cards, what do you give me? And Shadrick wow. Silverquill is, you could do two of the following effects, but it has to be different targets. So you could be with a Silverquill. It's like, hey, I'm going to draw a card. I can make a token creature for you if you want to. So a lot of talking around the table. Almost like a, mm -hmm. it's like a school. You're trying to work with other students. It's a big group project. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Terrible. Also, like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Right? Now, the last thing I really want to say about the cards is that, besides the Mystic Archives, which we'll touch on as well for a quick mm -hmm. second, is that I love how this set, especially with Quandrix and Prismari, you see this a lot, is the unlimited potential of spells. There's things where you could end up with, like, so much land, or you got these big red spells, like Crackle with Power, mm -hmm. where you're like, oh yeah, okay, I could, I could just use so much mana. So this whole set is about, like, tapping into your student and being like, if I study hard and work, I could be a powerful wizard, sorcerer, whatever. Right, yeah, the sky is literally the limit here. So that's that's basically my card spiel right there. I don't want, I don't want to go too much it. further into it. And I'm going to talk about one Quandrix card that I'm a big Please. fan of. And it's the golden ratio. Oh, of course. Which lets you draw a card for every creature with a different power level on your side of the field. Which one, like, I love card draw, surprise. Yeah. Um, and two... I love like how it works in my mind with my concept of what Quandrix is, which is all about like the diversity and uniqueness of nature. Yes. Or when you think about like um like specifically like the Fibonacci sequence or like any of those like naturally occurring like mathematical things. I almost imagine if you go from like your strongest creature and then it like it keeps like Fibonacciing oh, down. Oh, that's cool. You know? So it's sort of like you create this whole spiral that then lets you draw a card for each each one of those creatures is like an aspect in that chain or in that sequence i love that it's a great school i've been playing quandrix a lot in arena and it's been a blast mm -hmm. <laughs> both aaron and i have i should be saying it's all good yeah sorry prismari i love you um aesthetically you're beautiful so here's the issue folks and i'm going to try and keep this brief there's several kinds of cards in magic right um one of which are artifacts <laughs> which are just like magical <laughs> objects and they are usually colorless which is already boring, in my opinion. Sometimes they have some color, but they're they're just like equipment and stuff. And so the big thing with the Prismari is that they make treasure tokens. The main thing, and this carries over to how I play D&D too, and why I might never play an Artificer, is that honestly, like, why would I want to make a magic item? Or why would I want to use a magic item when I myself could be magical? Hmm. You know, yeah. when I can be inherently magic and just be a conduit for it, why would I want to try and use an object? I totally get that. Which is sort of, it feels antithetical with the concept of Prismari, which are all about mm. like your unique personal expression to then be like, but I made this treasure token. That is true. I guess if you like toss Gazalith and a couple of the spells out, you can do a Prismari route where it's just all about getting a huge amount of mana and just casting spells right. and sneaking things in there. Right, but then it, it feels like you're sort of playing around yeah. with the way that the cards were built. 
But things that aren't artifacts that both of us can agree on loving, because I'm a huge artifact sucker because I love Red White. Mm -hmm. Um, The Mystic Archive cards. We talked a little bit about it before, but this is something that's really awesome. New card work, and it brings so many beloved... Card work? Oh, card... Card work? What is card work? Artwork is a correct word. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what a cool like abbreviation for artwork for cards. But If no. only I meant it, am I right? <laughs> but this is no artifacts, no enchantment. These are instant and sorcery cards from years of magic that are reprinted in this set. And I gotta say, to get things like Dark Ritual, Time Warp, Channel, just to name a few, is amazing. There's a lot of solid options. Shock is in there, as always, as well as Opt. Yeah. It's so cool to to look back at, like, the history of magic, which is such, like, it's been going on for a while. It has. And look at some really popular, famous spells and get to see them reworked in this set, too, with some absolutely gorgeous artwork. Yeah. Even if you don't play the game yourself and you're just listening because you love us, <laughs> um, thank you. Um, check out the artwork because it's just worth it just to like look and see. Yes. It's beautiful. I want a deck of tarot cards that's like made off of these cards because that would be beautiful. This set also did a really cool um, sub art, which is Japanese artwork for all of these cards. And that's very beautiful as well. And maybe you love the Magicking School stuff. I think this is a really cool set to get in. Now, we do have to mention it might feel like studying sometimes because this set notoriously has a lot of long paragraph cards. There's a lot of words on these cards. So a lot of reading involved. But honestly, the writers did a really good job because I think if you read them once or twice, you understand the principle of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're very logical. Oh, like a, like a Quandrick student. <laughs> like, like a Quandrick student. Very logical. <laughs> Thank you. I knew you were gonna say something immediately. I'm always, I'm always on it, Aaron. I'm always on. It. I know, on the pulse. Yeah, so that's basically our card mechanic, Strixhaven. Nice casual chat, but well, I'm gonna ask. Do you want to do a lore thing as well, Aaron? I, I mean, always. We, we the elephant in the room. She's been teased. Yes. Now, like, t- tell me, tell me about Professor Onyx. I know this is kind of crazy, guys. So last set, we had a person impersonating someone else. We were talking about Tybalt. Tybalt, the cosmic imposter, parading around his Valky. Well, we have a classic MTG character, Liliana. Oh, oh Liliana Vez. Disguised. She heard us. She heard us talking about it. Exactly. Liliana, come on the podcast, please. <laughs> because Liliana is Professor Onyx at the Strixhaven School. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. What? I know. She took a little hiatus after the War of the Spark, mm. um, and now she's back at Strixhaven, sort of looking into how to bring people back from the dead. Yes, yes. Because yes. <laughs> she feels guilty. She does indeed. She does indeed. But I think the really cool thing about it is we're talking about Belladros Witherbloom. Being a student of uh, Witherbloom, originally Liliana, getting wisdom mm-hmm. from this elder dragon saying the best way you could honor the dead is how you treat the living. Which I think is so cool. And Witherbloom looks really intimidating, and the whole green-black aesthetic is really aggressive yeah. and a little bit scary. Like, that line really shows me that, like, like black's not just an evil color in magic. Yeah. You know, like, this. the school is also about respecting the balance of life and death and, like, allowing things to be a cycle. And at that moment, too, Liliana's like, all right, I'm just going to help people out here now. I impersonated as a teacher, so I'm here now. Let me help people. So I guess I'm a... T- you ever, like, fake it until you make <laughs> it as a teacher at a magic school? Liliana, you made it out in the end. That's good. <laughs> now, I think I also have to mention this because, 
a couple episodes ago, I was all like, oh, Luca's going to come back in Innistrad. Well, Luca Coppercoat came back a little earlier than we thought. <laughs> He's back. Luca's here trying to learn about this magic that he tapped into. Mm-hmm. Guess who else is here? Oh, my. Will and Rowan yes! from Eldraine. Will seems more interested in the learning part, though, than Rowan does. Well, classic, um, right? The red and blue side of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's very true. They're badass in this um, this set as well. Just the power that oh, yeah, they have it's, is great. We love a training arc. Yeah, exactly. You know? it's, a tra- it's a whole training montage, basically. It's also cool that like all of these people that we know are all together, and they don't know of each other the way that we do. Yeah. Right? So it's like Luca and Rowan are here, you know, like bumping elbows, but like they don't know much about each other's stories because they've never met before. Totally. And I think that that's really cool. And even like Liliana with Rowan and uh, Will working together, black, mm-hmm. blue, red, like so far apart. That's a wild combo. I don't know how to feel about that one. Well, I like to think because their father, Kenrith, was such a all-color-together card that Will and Rowan probably took some of that. I mean, I was just thinking about, like, what does, like, I'm thinking about, like, what does black, blue, and red, like, what's their tribe like, you know? Like, what kind of qualities did they have? And I think about, like, the ingenuity of red and blue, but, like, the ruthlessness and the sort of subterfuge of blue and black. And I think about the pure chaos of red and black, and I'm like, what's going on here? There is one perfect red, blue, black card to maybe describe it it actually is a card that allows you to skip people's end step oh so you know pretty evil it's great (laughs) it's very good that that card is three colors and none of them are green because green has a lot of like until end of turn creature gets like plus seven plus seven which is like a lot oh totally but i think about a lot of like red spells about controlling creatures until the end of the turn so you could do a lot of stealing oh that's true like active treason and stuff oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. well josh yeah we've been talking about magic for a while haven't we yes now i know the audience is going to be confused and it's all right. We're here for you. Because um, usually we do, like, here's a magic episode. Here's a D&D episode. Mm. Here's an episode about both of them at the same time. And we're sort of pivoting halfway through this one because we're starting a new segment Woo! on our podcast. Yay! So it's a little too late for March Madness, and it's a little too late for April Madness. <laughs> but maybe you'll join us on this May Madness bracket nice. as we try and suss out what the best class in D&D is. All right. I know, it's a tall order, and everyone will be mad already. I can hear the comments. (laughs) So the way that we have it set up is we're sort of doing like an East versus West style bracket, where on one side we have all of the martial classes, um, Paladin, Monk, Rogue, Barbarian, Ranger, Fighter, and Bloodhunter. And on the other side, we have all the spellcasters, Artificer, Cleric, Druid, Warlock, Sorcerer, Bard, and Wizard. And so they're going to go through their individual brackets first, and then in our championship match, we will have one Marshal versus one Spellcaster, and we're going to get down to business. All right. Let's do it. Start us off, Aaron. Where are we starting? Pick one or two, Josh. All right. Ooh, this is tough. So many options. Let's go one. All right. So first, uh, right on theme for Strixhaven, the School of Mages, we're starting with Bard versus Wizard. Now, I want to talk about what our criteria are for judging here. We've got... three i think three main things that we're looking at one of which is obviously how good they are in combat right like how much damage can they do you know like what's what's that all about the second being how well can they support their party right the main factors in combat are not just your damage output but how much you can support your allies and our third criteria is utility 
how good are you not just in combat but on those other encounters too you know when we're exploring or crawling through a dungeon picking locks undoing traps talking to people all of those sorts of things definitely so we've both played both of these classes at least a little bit we're gonna have a bias so we're gonna try to push that as far away as possible and just look at it from, here's here are two classes, which one is the better class? And we're going to try to save our full votes until the end, yeah. and just try and portray each class in its best light. So, let's talk about the bard first. It was the first one let's. listed there. Uh, first to come up in the alphabetical order between bard mm -hmm. and wizard, I guess. Oh, very true. So I think we made this, I made the support category on the rubric, if you will, with bard in mind. Mm. Because Bard is like the support class that is true. as far as I'm concerned. But also the versatility of it as well, that it can also be a very aggro class and very strong with dealing mm -hmm. damage. All of those like College of Swords things can really, really help you. But they also can really help your allies too. All those inspiration dice. Definitely. Not only can you use those for your flourishes to help you move around the battlefield and do extra damage, but you can give them to your teammates and they can use them on their damage rolls, which is awesome. Yeah, such a great charisma caster. It's also someone who has expertise. You get expertise in things. You get expertise, you get jack of all trades. You can be an excellent face. Finding your way out of combat, too, with this class is very interesting. Mm -hmm. An ability to yeah. be like, all right, our party suffered a lot. I'm going to be the bard. I'm going to I'm gonna smooth talk a bit, and then we're out. And you get some heals, too, you know? So, like, you don't get the huge ones. You're not a cleric, yeah. right? But yeah, not only can you talk your way out of combat, but you can also help your party out afterwards. If someone needs picked up, you know, like, you can be the person to do it. Totally, which I think is really great. And... It's not going to be as much as the wizard, but bards do get to learn spells that are not bard spells, so their spell list can yes. be expanded. The College of Lore Bard specifically is really good at that. So, I mean, maybe we're biased because we're musicians. That could be but... it too, but again, you know, we try to avoid playing bards because we don't want to be too much ourselves. <laughs> right, it's too much like doing my day job. So then let's look at wizard. What does wizard look like in this setup? Well, wizards get the biggest spell list possible because throughout the game... If you find a scroll, you put it in your book. The sheer amount of spells you can learn is like uh, like through the roof. Definitely. It's incredible. Um, and with that, especially with ritual casting, the amount of utility you have and like different things you can set up to help your team are really big. Like I never think about all of the, the cool utility that wizards can do until like I'm listening to Critical Role and Caleb's like setting up an alarm spell or like doing all sorts of other rituals. Yes. Like, Everybody always wants detect magic, but people never want to use a spell slot for it. So being able to do that is huge. I think an interesting thing, too, about the wizard, and I don't want to take a point away from the bard, but the wizard's out-of-combat abilities are pretty great, depending on how you build your wizard. There's a lot of things you can do to, like setting up the tripwire, or as a conjuration wizard, trying to create something to forge a document or something. The mm -hmm. wizards have a lot of yeah. opportunity to work outside of combat it really depends on what school you take in your subclass because mm. like illusion wizards for instance get a lot of really cool like little tricks and stuff that they can do out of combat them and enchantment wizards too they have a lot of like neat bits and bobs definitely it's a t it's a toss-up it you know? is um i will say for the wizards though the amount of damage a wizard can Insane. deal is ridiculous a huge damage dealing class especially even though bards do get ninth level spells none of their higher level spells actually do damage exactly they're all it gets shorter and shorter the lists as you go up 
and the amount of damage dealing spells like it stops at like cloud of daggers yeah which is fine but wizards are like meteor swarm yeah you know like you can that's huge all right if i could say my vote i'll just have a little brief description afterwards because i feel as though i need to say it i'm voting for the wizard because i feel as though with this class compared to the bard the further on you go the wizard can take more spells, learn more, mm-hmm. and become even more powerful and useful than a bard can be. Yeah, I think the power ramp is just incredible um, from a combat perspective, even though the bard has, I think the bard has a lot more utility than the wizard, both in and out of combat. They can fill a lot of different roles. Mm. The specialization that the wizard gives you, just like you double down on so much. And the fact that like you really like, just like we were saying with Strixhaven, haha, like the sky is the limit yeah. with what your wizard can do. Totally. And that's awesome. So the wizard takes it. The wizard beats the bard. So sorry, bard. Wizard. Wizard for me. All right. Wizard's moving up. And we're going to move over to the marshals. And I forgot to mention this before. We're just going to do two matchups every episode because it'd be a lot if we went through the really whole bracket. Long. We'd hurt ourselves too. We need time to think. I would hurt myself. Right. Moving to the other side, we have the ranger versus the fighter. All right. Now, we talk a lot about the ranger on the podcast, so I think it's only fair that we start with the ranger. Now, the ranger's gotten a lot of love over the years. If this was a player's <laughs> handbook competition, the, fi- the fight would be over. There'd be no competition whatsoever. I think I come back to this every time. It's like just that the ranger is such a specific, in the player's handbook version, the ranger is such a specific scenario right yes for it to for all of its class features to really come in handy definitely you have to be playing in like the right kind of campaign be fighting the kinds of enemies you're like that are your favorite enemies be in the terrain that you know you know and sometimes you just don't get that luxury versus like a fighter is there's a reason that so many beginning players pick fighter it is so incredibly straightforward yes and just such a rewarding class to play. The power it can achieve, and especially over the years, the subclasses for the fighter have become really unique and different that give that very simple class something, a bit of a flavor. You lose out on a lot of support and utility with the fighter. There's a few fighter classes that will give you certain feats, but it's not a lot mm-hmm. besides just you go in there and you start swinging. Right. The Battlemaster is a pretty good utility build. It lets you maneuver a lot of haha <laughs> maneuver uh-huh. um a lot of people around the field it lets you you know deflect attacks and give extra attacks but like you know yeah. you're not be- being a fighter doesn't make you any better at exploring a dungeon or talking to a guard you know like that the class itself doesn't give you any of those extra role-playing things i think that's absolutely fair the ranger when it comes to synergy uh depending on the ranger you pick any terrain you're able to maneuver through easier um, certain mm-hmm. spells a ranger could cast can help your party. So when it comes to being a team player, there's a lot of options for the ranger to do. Your your little animal companion could go and help out. You know, Josh, I, I'm feeling a little bit ranger. <sighs> a little ranger. Based on our rubric, we're also looking at the utility yeah. of it and how well it can support its party. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to have a little bit of a split here because I'm <laughs> always going to be on team fighter over ranger. I get it. The fighter is a great combat class i just don't see any of the there's like a few instances where they have some utility maybe i i've also never played a fighter i've just read through them a bunch but they all seem very combat focused i think the biggest reason why i am on team fighters if you were to play a fighter and a ranger up to level 20 i would most likely take levels of fighter if i was a ranger but i wouldn't take levels of ranger if i was a fighter i do see what you mean but why do you take the levels of fighter 
Is it to be better in combat still? Better, I think that, and that's fair. It's a very combat-focused thing, but yes, to improve my combat. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I We might have to fall on this split. This is weird for me. I fully went into this expecting to pick fighter. It's just the more I think about that we're not just looking at combat. Because mm-hmm. so much of the ranger's class features are talking about like navigating the wilderness and talking to animals. True. And the fact that they get to cast spells gives them so much more versatility. And I know the Eldritch Knight gets some, but you're so limited in that selection and your spell slots are so few that you really end up paring it down to like, I get shield and like firebolt, you know? I think we should throw this up for the Dungeons and Gatherers community. Ah, break the tie. Let's see what you guys think, and based on that, that class will move up, because Aaron and I don't want to fight to the death on this one. <laughs> right. At least not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's too early. This is only not the yet. second matchup. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Just wait till we get to Warlock versus Sorcerer. Ooh, oh, oh. More exciting matchups in the future, yes. Right, exactly. That was a little teaser for all of you. And I know you're curious. We're going to post the bracket on our Twitter. Tune in next week because we're going to be doing the bracket again. Two more two more classes are going to fight head to head. Yeah, who's making it to round two? Let's find out. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. All right, Josh. Ready to take it out? Thanks for listening. We will be back next Tuesday. But in the meantime, be sure to follow our Twitter at dndgatherers. And tweet about the show using hashtag Dungeons and Gatherers. I know we were talking a lot about colleges and everything, but I want to let you know you don't need a Strixhaven degree to know that you can like and subscribe to the Dungeons and Gatherers podcast. Mm-hmm.